Hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here where we ponder life from a biblical perspective. Moments with Moni can be heard on the following podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, and Overcast. You can also find Moments with Moni on Facebook or Wix blogs at momentswithmoni.wixsite.com. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there. Please share or comment on any of these sites or email me at momentswithmoni, the number one, at gmail.com. And now, on to today's episode. How long have we ignored the story in the middle of our Bibles called the Song of Solomon? Might be time to dig in now by the power of the Holy Spirit. The book is broken down into many different ways by famous godly men with different approaches. There's a historical, grammatical, literal view. God says what he means and means what he says. Another approach, like a Cinderella story, how a shepherd king fell in love with a country girl. Hudson Taylor, founder of the China Inland Missions, wrote a commentary on it entitled Union and Communion with Jesus. In it, he says, from the green pastures of the good shepherd to the banqueting house of the king, and then to the service of the vineyard, which is now the church. Of course, culturally, at the time that the book was written, it was a writing that took a view of Israel and God. An interesting note is that Song of Solomon is a picture of fidelity, and the book of Hosea a picture of infidelity. Many other commentators have shared their views on the book of Song of Solomon. As for me, I'm an Idahoan commentator, but God can reveal his word to my heart just as he can to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Song of Solomon starts out in chapter 1, verse 1, the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Again here, the best of his songs, the one that God chose to put in our Bible. In 1 Kings 4.32, it tells us that Solomon wrote over a thousand songs and over 3,000 proverbs. And this is the only one that God had recorded within the Bible. The most important, the song of songs. In verse 2, we have a dreamy-eyed girl immature young lady who's in love with love, or at least the thought of love, and she says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. Mouth here means speech or word, and Moses reminded us not to live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Love is better than wine. To some, wine is the best the world has to offer. Many are turning to it in times of trouble to wash their troubles away. But God's love is even better than that. Verse 3 goes on to say, Because of the savor of your good ointments, your name is as ointment poured forth. Therefore do the virgins love thee. This ointment poured forth, there's an analogy of it in Mark chapter 14, verse 3. It starts, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon, the leper, as he sat at the table, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on the head of Jesus. 
There were some in the room that became indignant because of what she did. They thought it was a waste of her to spend all that precious ointment on him that could have been sold and used to help the poor. Oh, but Jesus came to her rescue and said, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good thing towards me. She's done a good work. For you have the poor with you all the time. But I will not always be here. His name is as ointment poured forth. In verse 4, it says, Draw me, and we will run after you. The king has brought me into his chambers. And her friends say, We will be glad and rejoice with you. We will remember your love more than wine. The Shulamite maiden says, How right they are to love you. Draw means to sow, scatter, develop, march, remove, delay, forbear, stretch. Basically, do whatever it takes. She says, do whatever it takes to bring me into your chambers. She is yearning to be in his presence. Just as we, the church, the bride of Christ, is longing to be in the presence of God. And he does tell us that we will be there soon. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, it starts, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, we see that the church has been called up into the heavens. This is the last time that the church is mentioned here on earth throughout the book of Revelation. Now, John writes about the churches, actually the seven churches of Revelation at the beginning in chapters 1 through 3. But after these things in chapter 4, and we're called up to the heavens, we do not see the church again on earth. He sees the door to heaven being opened to the throne of God. And there, once we're there, we will be in his chambers, in his presence forever never having to leave or go in or out again. Even now, God wants to draw us closer to him, into closer communion with him. Is Jesus the desire of your heart? Is he the passion of your life? Is Jesus the lover of your soul? Is he your beloved? We can only truly worship and adore what has a hold of our hearts. Let him draw you near and then run after him with all of your might. Let him satisfy your soul with his kisses of grace. Let him wash you clean in his blood. Inhale the sweet savor of a beautiful life that suffered and was crushed for you and for me.
never